listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. back with you on the podcast again today after a week of absence. I'm back with you. I took some time to be with my family, and we had a great time. We're now here in Roswell, Georgia, which is just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, holding revival all week at World Harvest Church. It's been powerful already. Um, and I was just thinking today, uh, as we as we were getting ready to do um, the Facebook Live, and then we got talking in the Facebook Live this morning. By the way, if you missed it, go back and watch. We're doing a series all week called What to Do When Trouble Comes. But one of the questions that came today was actually something that was kind of already in my spirit and on my mind. In fact, my wife, Carolyn, texted me to maybe do something on the podcast about divine protection. Uh, and then the question came in from somebody um, regarding curses and being cursed. And um, so they were asking uh, literally about witchcraft, um, you know, witch doctors, warlocks, that kind of a thing about how to deal with curses and being cursed, which obviously leads to the question, can Christians be cursed? And that's obviously, as you saw from the title of this episode, that's what we're going to cover today um, on this episode is, can Christians be cursed? Can Christians be cursed? Um, very important subject because we get so many people that write us and you know pray for me. I feel there's a curse. There's a curse in my family. Um, there's a generational curse. Um, there's people working against me to curse me, all this different stuff. <clears throat> so I do want to take the time to really cover that today and uh, talk to you about what the Bible says about it and kind of get your understanding uh, to a place where you can you know, deal with these things uh, on your own and understand the power that you have in Christ and with the Holy Ghost indwelling you. Uh, before we jump in, I do want to say the new version of, or I should say the new edition of Miracle Word magazine is getting ready to be released and ship for the summer, uh, the summer quarter. If you'd like to get a copy of those magazines and you don't receive our magazine yet, um, you can easily sign up. Just go to miracleword.com forward slash live. And uh, there's a place right there where you can fill out an online form on your phone, tablet, or, or laptop, desktop, whatever you got. And uh, and we will be happy to send you the magazine every quarter when it's released for free. Costs you nothing to get it, as well as you can receive emails from us. Um, on a weekly basis, which I send personally, just to keep in touch with you and uh, tell you everything that's going on, testimonies, encourage your spirit, uh, and just keep you uh, abreast, if you will, <laughs> with everything that's happening. So I know you'll enjoy it. So go ahead and and sign up there at the website, miracleword.com forward slash live, and you can get everything all in one place, as well as if you'd like to receive text messages from me that I send out every now and then. There's also a place right there for you to sign up and add yourself to my phone book and your info will call all be right in my phone and we can stay connected by text if you'd like to get that as well. Uh, let's jump in today. I, I'm excited about this topic because of how much I talk about it with people who ask and um, 
it's, you know, I think it's better to just have something out there that people can listen to and I can direct people to listen to that will, will really help them. So I want to first take you to a place in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Numbers chapter 22, and there was a king named Balak um, who really was wanting to destroy Israel. And he understood how powerful Israel was. And um, one of the things that he also understood was that the power of God was with Israel. And uh, really, he wanted to destroy them. But the problem is, when you know somebody's got power, you have to find another way around to destroy them instead of just coming straight at them. So his plan was this. Let me get a prophet whose name was Balaam. He said, let me get a a prophet who will curse Israel for me. And if they're cursed, then I can defeat them. And, you know, whenever they come out to fight me, I can destroy them and drive them out. And so pays money, by the way, to Balaam the prophet to curse the people of God. And then, you know, Balaam says, well, I don't really, I don't know if you know how prophecy works or not, but I actually have to ask the Lord I have to, as a prophet. I actually have to pray and, and ask the Lord. And so in the sixth verse of numbers 22, uh, Balak says, come now curse this people for me since they're too mighty for me. And perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them from the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed. And he whom you curse is cursed. So see, he already understood the power of God. Uh, He whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. Uh, So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the fees. So they took money, the fees for divination in their hand, and they came to Balaam and gave him the message from King Balak. Uh, And he said, here, just stay here tonight, and I'll speak back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. And so... Uh, he goes in and begins to talk to God and God, verse 12, God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. So Balaam arose uh, in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, um, go to your own land for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. And so they're, you know, they're ticked off. And <laughs> obviously uh, he says, listen, come curse these people. And I love the answer. Uh, he said, I don't care how much gold and silver you have. I can't go beyond the command of the Lord, my God, to do less or more than what I've already done. Um, and so he, he does the same thing. And here's what's crazy. When you get to the end of the story, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite quotes in all of the new Testament, um, is found in the very next chapter, chapter 23. And, uh, he gives the final answer here, which is awesome. This verse eight of, of numbers 23, um, he says this, how can I curse whom God has not cursed? And how can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? And so right there is the basis of this entire episode. Here is the basis of this entire podcast episode. Can a Christian be cursed. So forget the fact that this is a prophet who is being bribed to curse God's people. Let's just forget that. 
uh, for a moment and just let's insert anybody we want here. You know, a witch doctor, a warlock, a witch, a wizard, Harry Potter, whoever, whoever. It doesn't matter. The question is this. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? In fact, if you pop back um, to the previous chapter where I was just reading to you, you know, it's it's interesting how, <laughs> you know, God says to, ba- to Balaam, I mean, like God's talking to his own prophet and, and he basically tells him, you'll not curse them because I've blessed them. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know if you understand this or not, but uh, you are my servant. You know, God's talking to Balaam. You don't understand. You must not understand how this works. You're my servant. You can't curse them for I've blessed them. And there is right, uh, right there is the key. You know, if you want to really write it down in your notes, Numbers twenty two twelve, God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. And then we, we go back to uh, 23, eight, where he says, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? So I want to, uh, you know, for example, I'll go on further in, in uh, chapter 23, verse 20. Uh, Balaam says, you know, behold, I received a command to bless these people. So he's talking about God commanded him to bless the people that King Balak wanted him to curse. He said, I have received a command to bless them because he has blessed them and I cannot revoke it. I cannot revoke it. You see that? And so this, I don't care who we insert here. Insert anybody you want, as I said a moment ago, witches, wizards, warlocks, whoever, Gandalf, it doesn't matter who you, who you choose. There is no entity in the world that can curse those whom God has already blessed. I mean, I want you to think about this. This was old covenant stuff. This was even before Jesus came to die and shed his blood and purchase us back from uh, the nature of sin and and uh, to redeem us and make us like himself, children of the Most High God. This is before any of that took place. This is under an old covenant that's worse than the one we have now. We have a better covenant today established upon better promises, and this was under an old covenant. And, and, th- and, and remember this, under this old covenant, God promised Abraham a very interesting phrase in Genesis chapter 12. And this is what he said. I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. So here is, and and by the way, let me just take a minute just to remind you that we as New Testament believers are actually partakers of the blessing of Abraham. That is actually what Galatians chapter three is all about. Paul's teaching the church, the Galatian church, that in fact, it's all summed up in Galatians 3.29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So Paul teaches very clearly that we as believers are partakers of the Abrahamic blessing and the Abrahamic covenant. 
So what God promised to Abraham transfers now to us as New Testament believers. And one of the things he promised was this, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. And so there's a, uh, this plays in heavily, heavily to what we're talking about today, that there is no one that can curse whom God has already blessed. And if they try, here's the dangerous thing. If they try, God has promised in covenant to us that I will, this is what he said, I will personally curse those that curse you. So not only is it, you know, impossible for any entity, any individual to curse a child of God, it's also a very dangerous dangerous business to try to curse God's chosen people. I mean, literally, this is one of the severe threats that God makes in his own promise and covenant to Abraham. This is a threat. God is, God is giving a, he's making it known across the world. He's threatening anyone who would oppose God's people by a curse. He says, listen, if people bless you, I'll bless them because you're mine. I'll bless those who bless you. But on the flip side of that coin, I will curse everyone who curses you. And so if a curse is sent against you, what a dangerous thing for whoever sent it. What a dangerous thing for whoever sent it. It doesn't mean you'll actually be cursed. It's saying people that send curses against you. Because notice, even in the even after Genesis chapter 12, when we got to Numbers 22 and 23, here is a, a king who wanted to send curses to Israel. And understand, he could not because God had already blessed them. So you understand it's not that, uh, now in his heart, he'd cursed them already. That was, his, that was his intent. If he could have done it, he would have. You know, in his heart, he'd already done it. It's a dangerous thing. So I'm sure there are many people that would love to curse God's people and take them out. But I I also want you to hear and understand that you cannot curse what God has already blessed. You cannot curse what God has already blessed. Now let's talk about why, first of all. Let's talk about why. First reason why you can't curse what God has blessed is because they don't, the, the ones who, whoever would like to curse you, witches, wizards, warlocks, demon spirits, the devil himself, one of the main reasons you cannot be cursed by them is that they have no access to you. And what I mean by that is restricted access. You are now, according to Ephesians chapter two, even though you were dead in trespasses and in sins, you were raised together and seated with Christ in heavenly places. So go back to chapter one of Ephesians one, and you'll get a description here. The Bible says that God raised Christ and seated him far above principalities and powers and rulers and dominion might, uh, and every name that is named, not only in this world, the Bible says, but in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet. So stop there and understand. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
above every ruler, every dominion, every might, anything, and above every name that is named, far above, far above, and then raised you up together and seated you with him, which means that you are currently seated with Christ in heavenly places far above, far above every spiritual wickedness, every bit of spiritual wickedness, every ruler, every dominion, every might, anything that can be named because it says any name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come and has put all things, all things under your feet. Because if you're seated with Christ and all things are under his feet, then all things are under your feet. So literally every wicked thing is under your feet feet. And you're not just a little bit above wicked things, far above, far above, far above. So you understand there's no access. You have no access. They have no access to you. You are so far above every wicked spirit, every demonic thing. What do you think? That there's some demon that's going to go into heaven, that's going to infiltrate heaven to come up and throw curses on you? You think that there's some kind of a wicked spirit that's going to somehow break past the angels and the gates of heaven to come where you are seated in heavenly places and throw curses on you? What what a foolish idea that there's some kind of a human being on the earth that's demonically inspired that has the right to produce a curse against the people of God. I mean, it's laughable. It's literally laughable. The Bible says evil men make plans. God in heaven throws his head back in his throne and laughs. God is literally laughing. His ec- the, the booming echoes of his laughter are reverberating through the halls of heaven as wicked people make plans to take God's people out, as demons make plans to take out God's people. God is laughing, laughing. You can't curse what God has blessed. Who does the devil think he is? Who do demons think they are? You know, witches and warlocks. Give me a break. And they are real. Witch doctors, witches, warlocks, they are real and operating by demonic power. However, that power doesn't hold a candle to the power that's already in you. For the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and chapter 11 (laughs) that the one who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the same exact spirit is dwelling in you in inside your physical body. You know, Paul had to teach the Corinthians that multiple times. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? He lives in you, dwells in you, makes his home in you. So literally, your body is the actual temple of the Holy Ghost, the actual temple of the Holy Ghost. So what do you think? There's some demon that's going to come and attack the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you? It's like this. I I, I have some like, <laughs> it, it, remind, it just makes me think of like some like mean cat that's going to come and destroy, you know, a dog house that on the inside of it is a bull mastiff, you know, a massive bull mastiff and the house is going to be destroyed by some angry cat that's got an attitude 
So what's the cat going to do? Come creep over to the house and start going to work on it, destroying the house of the dog? And the bull mastiff, all he has to do is walk out and give one look at that cat, and the cat is gone. Your body is the house. The Holy Ghost is the bull mastiff. And every wicked thing that has a desire to destroy you is that tiny little cat with a little attitude. It's going to be destroyed. You cannot see. The Bible says, uh, even in the uh, in the New Testament, Jesus is teaching by parables and says, if you're going to steal from a strong man, the first thing you have to do is bind up the strong man before you can steal from him. If he's more powerful than you, if he's stronger than you, he's not going to let you steal from him, so you have to bind him up. Well, tell me how the devil is going to bind up Christ in you. How is the devil going to bind up the Holy Ghost in you? He's already been defeated by Christ. The book of Colossians tells us that Jesus Christ descended into the lower parts of the earth and led captivity captive, made a show of them openly. So he's already defeated Satan. What devil thinks that he's going to be able to put a curse on you? You know, when my cousin and I, I went with my cousin to uh, California for a Festival of Life outdoor crusade. And uh, there was a coven of witches who wanted to oppose the crusade. And they were going to put curses on us and picket and, you know, boycott and whatever else they thought they were going to do. And uh, so, you know, let me tell you, we didn't, we did not dedicate one bit of time to, you know, what most people would do, some sort of warfare prayer, some intercessory prayer against, you know, witches and witchcraft that was coming against the crusade. We didn't do anything. None of that. We laughed when we heard it. We literally laughed when we heard it. And there were people that showed up. There were witches that showed up. I remember one night made me laugh. I mean, we no time was spent in intercessory prayer that these witches, that they wouldn't you know some kind of demonic power wouldn't take a none. I remember one night I was leading praise and worship behind the keyboard and these witches showed up and they had signs and all this stuff. And I just started singing, Jehovah, you are the most high God. You know, you are the most high. You are the most high God. You are good and your mercy is forever. Start singing all that. Well, so one of the witches was like tired of holding up her sign that said Festival of Lies. And so she came to stand out in the front, you know, to the side by the platform. And I was, I kept my eye on her, you know. I was, I was shouting, you can't, you know, I was exhorting the people, you can't curse what God's blessed and all that. It was, it was great. And she's standing there, she put her sign down at her feet, letting it lean on her knees so everybody could read it. And she's just kind of looking around, you know, she's getting very casual looking around. And then I look over and her, her, uh, her knees are starting to move with the music. Then she, then before she even knows what she's doing, she's clapping her hands to the beat. And then when she recognized what she was doing, she got so mad, she picked up her sign, snatched it up and got off the property with the rest of the witches. You can't curse what God's blessed. Are you kidding me? That's the most ridiculous thought process. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. There's no person that can curse what God has blessed. I want you to hear that. There's no person that can curse. There's no demon. The devil himself cannot curse what God has blessed. No such thing. What curse is stronger than your blessing? See, that's the question you have to ask yourself. 
if God has blessed you, then what curse is there that is stronger than his blessing? There is none. There is none. I don't care who tries to conjure it up against you. You should never be afraid of the curse of a wicked person. You can't curse me. I mean, literally, I could attend a witch's convention if there was such a thing, you know, and have an arena filled with witches, warlocks, witch doctors. Literally, they could get into unity, you know, join hands if they wanted to. And I could stand on the platform and they could send everything they had at me and it wouldn't phase me in one, like one bit. I'd sit there and laugh at every one of thousands and thousands of them. You cannot curse what God has blessed. You can't curse what God has blessed. And so it doesn't matter how many there are. It doesn't matter how they try to oppose you. It doesn't matter what witchcraft is sent against you. It does not matter. You can't curse what God has blessed. Let me move on to number two. And maybe this, um, maybe this will, will, uh, take its own form later on and become its own episode all by itself. But let me just say as an add on uh, towards the end of this episode that there, I don't believe in, and you know this, if you read my book, blood on the door, I don't believe in generational curses. I don't believe they're scriptural. I don't believe that they exist in this way for believers. If God's blessed you, what curses can stay in your family? See, that, that's the question. If God has blessed you as a believer, the Bible says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, Ephesians 1.3. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So if you have been, then what generational curse can stay on you now that you've been blessed with every blessing? What people are really talking about, you know, is... They have, and I'll tell you, I truly believe this, is that people's families get into learned behaviors which produce negative things, and then they call it a generational curse. You know, you can't say that there's a generational curse in your family. Well, we've had type 2 diabetes going back in our family for the last four generations. Yeah, but it's not because there's a demon cursing your bodies with type two diabetes. It's because everyone in your family has learned behavior to eat themselves into obesity. You know, so don't blame curses on things that are caused by learned behaviors because people don't have self-control. And they say, well, there's pray for me, brother. There's a generational curse. Last four generations, we've all had diabetes. Well, you know, you use some Bible wisdom and understand what the Bible says about that. I'm just, I'm not using that to condemn anybody or harp on one thing. I'm just using it as an example to tell you that many of the things that people call generational curses are not at all uh, spiritual, nor are they curses. They're just simply people who don't obey the word of God, that don't exercise self-control, that don't exercise self-discipline as Paul taught in 1 Corinthians 9.27. And so as a result, yes, negative things happen, but it's not because someone sent a curse. It's not because there's a curse traveling through generation to generation. And it's definitely not because there's a demon who's, who's stayed in your family cursing you in every generation. You can't curse what God has blessed. And that includes generational curses.
Now, I do believe in uh, impartation, and I do believe in negative impartation. I don't believe in it as a generational curse. I believe that when you get saved, you get delivered and have to live a life in deliverance. So I do believe in things that are imparted, you know, that are, that can be negative, you know, spiritual things that are imparted from generation to generation, you know, that you have to get free from. And it has nothing to do with a demon cursing you, but you know, there are things, for example, you know, you can impart a spiritual uh, disposition. You know, there is a spirit of anger, spirit of fear, you know, and those things can be sown from one person into another. But you have to also remember that when you get saved, the Bible teaches God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so things like joy, peace, love, these things, by the way, are fruit of the spirit. And as I've taught in other podcasts, they are choices. So there comes a time where you have to stand up as a mature believer and make choices to be free from things that other people have refused to be free from. You understand? So being around a family where people never controlled themselves in their temper, why? Maybe because they were never submitted to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you came from a, a family that was not saved. You didn't have people that went to church. But when you get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, those things change. You know, and you may have had learned behaviors from the past. You may have negative impartation from your family, uh, things that have gone on. But you understand, once you get saved, I'm not saying that generational curses don't exist, period. I'm saying that they don't exist for believers that are filled with the Holy Ghost. Because once you see what many people don't realize about salvation is you are now transported into a new kingdom, a new species of being. The Bible calls you a new creature in Christ Jesus and old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Behold, all things. That's what the Bible says. Second Corinthians five seventeen. all things have become new, which means there's nothing in your life that's the same as before, meaning everything that was wicked had to leave everything. And now by, by responsibility and dedication to the kingdom, you live according to the word of God, obedient to it. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do so. And as a result, it leads into blessings and not curses. The devil cannot curse what God has blessed. The devil cannot curse what God has blessed. And so I want to encourage you, if you've ever had to battle this thought process, then like I said, many people have contacted us for prayer about it. If you've ever had to battle this thought process, you've ever had to sit and and wonder, are you cursed with a curse from somebody else? Just begin to laugh. And I'm going to pray for you that God strengthens your faith as you continue listening to teaching like this and studying the word. And you can stand by faith and declare, I can't be cursed. So, Father, I pray for every person listening today, every man, every woman. I thank you, Lord, that you have provided a blessing for your children, and we cannot be cursed because you have blessed us. So, Lord, I I thank you that today anybody that would try to send a curse against God's people, it's returned to sender today in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you're fighting our battles for us. We cannot be cursed because you are cursing those that curse us. That's still in effect, and we thank you for it, and we praise you and give you glory that you're the God that fights on our behalf. 
The battle's not our battle. The battle is the Lord's. We thank you and give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, guys, I love you so much. Thank you again for listening. I want to encourage you to take a minute to share it on your social media. And uh, I'll be back again Wednesday for Worship Wednesday this week. Don't forget, I'm going to Brazil in just really about a week and a half. And I'm excited. I want to encourage you guys to pray for me as I'm there preaching the gospel in Cuiabá. It's going to be a a powerful, powerful uh, week in the presence of the Lord. And I'm not quite sure how many different churches I'm going to be ministering at yet. But uh, it's going to be powerful. I've never been to Central or South America before. So I'm excited uh, to see what God's going to do uh, and the miracles that are going to come back from this. But I'll stay in touch even as I'm over there and let you know what's happening. Uh, doors are opening, man. I'm excited. Dominican Republic, Honduras, different nations are opening up. And we're moving forward. God's going to do great things. And uh, we're going to see one of the greatest moves of the Spirit we've ever seen before Jesus comes back. I love you guys. Don't forget until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. Talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 